pray before we start. Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us here in this place tonight. And we pray that as we open your word and as we think about what you have to say to us in these next few minutes, that you would speak clearly and powerfully. And we ask this so that we might, we might be changed and that we might live for your glory even more. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen. Confidence is an interesting subject, uh, an interesting concept. I was talking to a mum last weekend, and she said that her first baby was so easy that it made her super confident about her abilities. But then baby number two came along, and baby number two wasn't like number one. Baby two much, was much harder. And the methods used for baby number one didn't work on baby number two. And that false sense of confidence soon disappeared. In reality television, you also see the two sides of um, the spectrum of confidence. You get the overly confident ones who walk on the stage like pop stars, declaring that they were born to sing. And then they open their mouth and quite clearly they were not meant to. They sound like a cat being strangled. And then you have the shy ones who come on and you really wonder about what they're doing there. They, they, they look like they're going to sing quite poorly, and they often do, but then Simon gives them another opportunity, and then they belt something out, and the crowd goes wild. And then Cheryl says something about them no, need, no longer needing to hide in the shadows, but to be confident in who they are. I'm a sucker for those ones. And there have been different times uh, when I've had a crisis, a crisis of confidence as well. I think of the, the, the last nights before the, the start of a new school term, thinking about what might be coming up, uh, the new subjects to be studied and being filled with anxiety and for those of you who know many, how many times I sat my driving test you'll also know that lacking confidence can still be a problem so it's clear that confidence placed in ourselves in our methods in our abilities can often be misplaced and I'm sure that um, many of you in this room will have stories to prove this but what is the alternative uh, is there an alternative well, let's turn to Psalm 71 to find out. And you'll find that on page 585 uh, in the Pew Bibles. Let's read Psalm 71, verse 5 together. The psalmist says this, For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. Notice with me, first of all, who the psalmist's confidence is in. The psalmist's confidence is in the sovereign Lord. Now let's think about what sovereign Lord means for a few moments. Now I don't know if you know uh, what these words uh, mean uh, in the original language. The, the, the words are Adonai and Jehovah. And uh, our primary six Sunday school class is learning about the names of God this year. So I brought along some of their visuals to help us out with these two words. Adonai uh, means Lord and Master. And Jehovah means self-existing one, unchanging one. And the psalmist's confidence is in the one who is Lord and Master, the self-existing one, the unchanging one. But when we call God self-existing, what do we mean by that? Well, we mean that God has no need of us or the rest of creation for anything. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said in Athens in the, the book of Acts? The God who made the world and everything in it being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by man, nor is he served by human hands 
as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all men life and breath and everything. God was never created. He always was. He isn't dependent on anyone or anything else. Even without creation, God would still be all that he is. Loving, just, eternal, all-knowing, and so on. God is unique in this way. He is also, as we see here, unchanging. He does not change. He always, he's always the same in his existence, in his perfection, in his promises, and in his plans. He existed before he created the heavens and the earth, and he will still exist after they're destroyed. This is the psalmist's God, and this is who his confidence is in. Now let's think briefly about the psalmist himself. It's unclear who he is. It doesn't say at the start of the psalm. He might be King David, but we don't know. But what is clear from the rest of the psalm is that he's an old man. What's also clear from verses 1 to 4 is that he's suffering at the hands of the wicked. And he pleads with God to rescue him, to deliver him, to turn his ear, to save him, to deliver him from his persecutors. But why? Why does the psalmist turn to God? Well, verse 5 tells us, because God has been his confidence since his youth. The psalmist's confidence is born out of his long experience. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't believe in God. If that's you, then suppose for a moment that someone like this did actually exist. Someone who was self-existing, who had no need of us, nor anything. Someone who was unchanging, who always was the same in his existence. And imagine you'd experienced these attributes over a long time, as the psalmist had. You can understand, I hope, that it would be perfectly rational to have your confidence in someone like that. Well, this was the psalmist's experience. The psalmist's confidence wasn't a perceived confidence or an assumed confidence. It wasn't just intellectual or his imagination. It was based on the psalmist's experience of the sovereign Lord since his youth. Troll through the psalmist's Facebook page and there'd be no pictures of kittens or selfies. It would just be mention after mention after mention of battles won, of accusers being put to shame, and of God's mighty acts. This confidence was born out of long experience. And I wonder if your confidence is in the sovereign Lord. In a group like this, I imagine that the majority of us would say yes. But I wonder how that plays out in our lives. Does the confidence that we affirm here on a Sunday show itself on a weekday? Now, for many of us, um, it was payday at the end of last week. And I wonder, will what you do with your money this month show that your confidence is in the sovereign Lord, or will it demonstrate that your confidence is actually in yourself? Self-confidence is not in the Christian's vocabulary. The Christian's confidence is in the sovereign Lord. Young people... When you go to class tomorrow and the dreaded question comes up, what were you up to the weekend? Will your answer show that your confidence is in the sovereign Lord? Parents, when you think about your children growing up in today's society with all its um, temptations and bad influences, does your response to this uh, environment that your children are growing up in show that your confidence is in the Lord? In the area of relationships, whether you're in a difficult one or whether you desire to be married but are not, does the way you're responding now show that your confidence is in the sovereign Lord or does it demonstrate that actually your confidence is in yourself? For all of us, as Christmas approaches and there are opportunities to give out uh, Christmas cards with our service times on them, 
will what you do with these invitations demonstrate that your confidence is in the sovereign Lord? Maybe you feel that what you do does actually communicate that your confidence is in the sovereign Lord. But let me ask you this. Does it ever make it past your lips? Let me explain what I mean by that. Later in the psalm, the psalmist says, I I shall always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Then he says, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. The psalmist's confidence then is poured out in two ways. First, in praise to God, and secondly, in proclaiming it to the next generation. Old and gray people, according to the psalmist, you have a special and particular ability to teach the young. Young people might think you're past it, they might think you're uncool. They may prefer to spend time with slightly, uh, people that are just slightly older than them or slightly cooler versions of themselves. But the psalmist teaches that older people are especially well equipped to help the young. This is because you have lived longer and seen more of God's faithfulness over more years of life than younger people. Older people, your confidence in God since your youth must be shared with the youth of today. So let me sum up. The psalmist's confidence was in the sovereign Lord, the Lord and Master, the self-existing one, the unchanging one. And this confidence was born out of long experience of God's faithfulness throughout his life. And this confidence found its ultimate expression in praise to God and proclamation to others, particularly the next generation. So let's reflect on these things as we come now to prayer.